it be displayed on the slide, but just just uh, pay out attention and get what God wants us to get this morning. Hallelujah. The Bible is God's word in a book form as it was inspired by holy men of old. And we know that God's word is for reproof, is for correction, and is for edification. Praise God. Now let's look at God's word this morning. Let's see. Firstly, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Hebrews 4, 12 says, For the word of God is sweet and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a designer of thoughts and intents of the world. They act. Hallelujah. For a couple of months now, we've been taught on the series of maturity. And I want to believe we have been blessed by that series. True of us. Can I get a witness here? If you know the series of maturity as we trust you, as we react to you, can I get a witness? Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Now, the Bible says, either I hear the sayings of mine and dwell them, and dwell them is likely to be a what? A wise man. Praise God. Your being spiritually mature is seen in the way you are set and act after hearing God's word. Hallelujah. I go by it again. Your being spiritually mature is seen in the way you are set and act immediately after hearing gospel. It's like a litmus test. Now, in the world of chemists, we are made to understand that acid turns blue witness paper red, and the base turns red paper blue, isn't it? Hallelujah. So, just pardon me, that's my feet, so I want to use it to protest it. Amen. Now, I was conducting a practical uh, in a school some weeks back, and I told my student, I said, This thing I've taught you theoretically, now let's go to the laboratory and see how we can practicalize it. I arranged acid and base, I didn't label it, and I told them, How will you be able to identify which is an acid and which is a base or an alkaline? Because an alkaline is a slow pace, hallelujah. So, please <laughs> pardon me. So, I now asked them to get a litmus paper. So, through the litmus paper, they were able to detect which is a piece and which is what? Acid. So, I go over again and repeat your being spiritually mature is seen in the way you are set and act immediately after reading those words. Now let's look at God's word in the book of Hebrews, uh, sorry, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. It says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may what? Grow thereby. Let me use this illustration again. When a child is given birth to, it is assumed that the child will have to learn some certain things, true of course. And one of such is that 
the child will have to learn firstly. I don't know whether I still exist here. In those days, that's how we do it. We try to see whether the child is saying you. I think that was the first step. And thereafter, we begin to look into the child sitting there, isn't it? Okay? Then after sitting, we now begin to see how the child can what? Can begin to stand. Isn't it? Okay, crawl rather. Then from crawling, the child will like to learn to stand, isn't it? Then from standing, the child will now be what? Walking. True of us. Same thing is also applicable to us as Christians. The day you accept Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, that day you are likely to be a newborn baby, according to God's word. So it is now your responsibility to grow. If you look back to the prayers we've been praying in recent times, it's geared towards maturity. We say, Father, mature us in your Lord. We grow capacity. The eyes of our understanding is a reality. All these are prayers of God of maturity. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Maturity is a work, and maturity is a choice. Maturity is a work, and maturity is a what? Is a choice. Let's look at the book of Acts, chapter 6, verse 4. Acts 6, 4. Acts 6, 4 says, But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the world. These are the disciples speaking. Because they have this hunger. They have this, this desire to work, to grow. As Christians, you cannot grow by just hearing Sunday and Thursday words alone. It is your responsibility to grow. Come on, talk to your neighbor and tell him what it is your responsibility to grow. So sometimes when our father begins to talk to us, some of us feel he's just, he's just saying it because um, or sometimes I just feel the pain in his heart. When you talk, sometimes we say you have to grow. To us, sometimes it seems as if it's insulting us, but that's not true. Just as as a as a parent, we expect your child to what to grow. That is how God expects you to grow. So if you are not growing, it simply means you are stagnant. It simply means you are. You are you know these people that they call dwarfs, isn't it? Yeah. They are just they don't they don't grow past a limit. You just remain one point. And that is not the expectations of God for our lives. So anytime God's word comes, I repeat again, the way you see and receive God's word and the way you act is an indication, is a litmus test whether you are maturing or not. If God's word comes, about maturity, and God's servant says, grow up and you see it as an insult. It simply means you are a baby. It's not an insult, but that's just the truth. I pray the Lord help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, in Thursday service, this Thursday that pastor, our pastor says something, he said, maturity is, is, is not a state. 
Rather, maturity is an order for more of God. It's not a state to arrive in. You now say, I'm mature. Hallelujah. Now, I want to add this. Maturity is, is not a state you get to in God. Maturity is a walk and a journey. Maturity is not a state you get to in God. Maturity is a walk and a what? And a journey. You don't, you don't get to a certain point. Let's, let me use this case study of Edward again. Let's assume those persons, that's how you are living to throw up. Okay? They, in in biology, you see they have the, that's, that, that's their dominant gene, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Now, now, look at it this way. Just assume your child, not, not a child, a child is living there to and it doesn't grow past a stage. Wow. You the parents will be worried, you will be bothered, troubled. So maturity is a journey, is a work in God. It's my prayer that Lord will open up the eyes of our understanding this morning and we understand things better in the name of Jesus. Now let's see what the, the Bible says in the book of Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. Apostle Paul speaking, he says that I may know him and the power of his word, of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his word, of his suffering. Being made confirmable unto what is death. Hallelujah. Whatever I'm saying currently, or I'm saying right now, is not new to us, isn't it? Is it new to us? Is what our, our, our pastor has been saying. So I'm just trying to, to tell us in another dimension, in another life, so that we get it clear. Hallelujah. Amen. So the Bible says, Apostle Paul speaking, it says that I may know him. Now, before, before uh, uh, this guy, before he, he became an apostle, he was first called Saul, two of us. Now, he was named, or I don't know what, it was, he was named rather, Saul the word, the persecutor, isn't it? But something happened, he had an encounter, and that turned his entire life. That encounter changed him from Saul the persecutor to Saul the apostle. It's my prayer that today, this moment, the Lord will change you and you, you become mature in him in the name of Jesus. Now let's look at also same Philippians. Let's look at verse 14. He didn't stop there. He said, I press towards the mark for the price of the high calling of God in what? In Christ Jesus. He was pressing. He didn't stop. This also falls back to what I said. I said maturity is a work and it's a journey. You don't grow to a stage and you say you have arrived. Hallelujah. If there is one thing you must treasure, is an encounter is an encounter with God. Last night I was trying to meditate on what to say. As I just those of this was what the Spirit of God did in my life. He said, what we need is an encounter. He said, what we need is an encounter. If we like, we preach from today to the end of the year. It is what is in your heart that we will speak the true of us. That's what the Spirit of God told me. He said, what we need is an encounter. And so I don't have any message for that to say this morning now. What you need to, to pray now or to talk about 
about what they desire encounters. It's not that I just desire Because if you have an encounter, all these messages will not become burden to me. It will not become burden to me. I feel the pain sometimes in our father's heart when we look to God. I feel the pain. It's an encounter we need. Hallelujah. Amen. Jacob had an encounter with an angel and his life changed. Hallelujah. Amen. Now let's look at the New Testament, the woman with the issue of God. What happened? She had an encounter with Jesus Christ. And that issue that has been there for long was restored, isn't it? So what we need as Christians is an encounter. Once we have that encounter, enough of saying, come to church, don't come to church, you will just know what to do that time. The prayer will be praying, Father, have understanding, the act of understanding is enlightening. If you don't have an encounter, all this prayer will become just a mere religious sin. Hallelujah. I want to buy your head this morning. I'm here to talk to our Father. Say, Father, I just desire an encounter for you. I desire an encounter for you. I desire an encounter for you. In the name of Jesus, that is all I just need. An encounter that will transform you. An encounter that will change you. In the name of Jesus, I just need an encounter. I just need an encounter. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good reports, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think of these things. It's my prayer that the Lord will energize us and the Holy Spirit will prepare us to do his will in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. That's everything I want to say right now I can say. There is nothing I want to say this morning that was not taught by the Father. What we are doing is summer. We're trying to remind ourselves of some things where we started from this subject of maturity. What I know about maturity, he taught me. So from the few points I have drafted, that is where we want to look at this morning to remind us, to, to keep us afresh of this subject. So we have some powerful points from our pastor's teaching on maturity. Some wonderful points. Some of us have it. Some of us might have forgotten about it. And a lot he has mentioned. Number one, when the series started, we started with a response. Growth is a responsibility. Growth is a responsibility. And we're meant to understand that we ought to grow. And one of them said, nobody will help you grow. What becomes of you is your personal responsibility. Being born a child is not your choice. But being made a son is your responsibility. One of the striking words. Being made a son. So you take up responsibility to become a son. You know, I don't know if you ever watched some movies and you see some persons where a situation where a man dies or a man wants to die. He has a son, he has a daughter, he has children, but he will his property to escape. It's irresponsibility that causes it. 
the children are responsible. He's scared of leaving what he has in the care. So every one of us, we have a role to play. We have a role to play. It's a maturity is when you know that the goodness of God is beyond material financial possessions. When your definition of God's blessing is tied to materialism of physical happenings, when none of these things are happening, you enter into depression. If it's about money, that every time you know that God is good and His goodness is showing in your life, it's about money. When there's no money, you feel depressed. When the people say only about your health, you take headache to come, you feel depressed. But it's not supposed to be like that. In good times, in bad times, God is the God and He's a good God. Bible speaking said he learns obedience by the things he suffered. So there are sometimes some things we go through, God is trying to see how we react to it. He made a statement. He said, How do we see God's word? And as it's coming, what becomes your reaction shows if you are growing or if you are maturing or not. So we have a responsibility, and God will bless us as we take up the responsibility in the name of Jesus. I decided to start from being a father, one of the points he made in the last teaching. So I'll go from there to the beginning. Then the hunger for encounter is what should bring you to the presence of God and not desire for miracle. Babes, go about looking for miracle. What to eat, what to get. But the truth is that mature people go about looking for who to bless. Looking for who to give. Looking for who to improve on. Looking for, looking for who to impact. That's what grown up people do. As a person, for example, you are two in a bus or somewhere, you are going somewhere, you somewhere that there is flood somewhere and there is a baby there. You don't expect the baby to carry. You carry the baby to cross that particular flood. That's what maturity makes us do. We take responsibility, not just only for ourselves, even to the point of family members, others, church members, and people around, encouragement. So you don't just go about looking for miracles, but you go about seeking for an encounter. He gave an illustration of Paul. It was not so the persecutor, but when God encountered, when he encountered God, as he was going to Damascus, his name changed. To Paul the Apostle. No longer so. See, encounter, encounter is what you need. When you have an encounter, it doesn't matter what anybody says. People that knew him, when you, he left the place going somewhere, they could not get there. People that saw him going, his friends, he told them he was going to kill. But they saw him preaching and presenting those he was saying he was going to kill. What makes people murmur and talk at times or complain about what people say about them because of immaturity? You can see a man last night, he's a smoker and a drunk. The next morning, he's used as an apostle. Don't ever think that the person is not changed. One night is enough to change a man. What we need is an encounter. Philippians 3 verse 10 that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Our father was trying to lay emphasis and to bring us to the point that we need to understand his death, 
power of his resurrection, fellowship of his suffering. I'm still waiting for that time. I'm, I'm waiting to digest that teaching. Because every one of them, you see mentioned here, there is a part of us that is being taken care of. Death, the resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings. He said he was bruised because of you and I. Maturity. I mean, tap your neighbor, tell the person you need to get mature in God. Hallelujah. God speaks to those that seek Him, and only mature believers see God. That's one of the striking points our Father made. God speaks to people that seek Him, that seek Him, that seek Him. Early will I seek you. Early will I seek you. Those are seeking, and it takes a mature person to see God, a mature believer to see God. And he said, Don't follow men. He said, Follow God. Because you cannot break through being a follower of men, but of God. Don't follow men. Follow God. Follow God. Follow God. You know, there are some points you get to or some parts of your life you discover that as I'm talking, as I'm speaking right now, for example, there are some persons that when Mr. Kelly stops coming to church now, they will stop coming to church. Some persons that when, when Mr. A stop coming now, they will stop coming. They are not going there they are following men. They are not following men. Even when God impresses it in your heart to be in church, but because your friend did not go, you are not going. Like we said, it's a personal responsibility. Follow God and not men. And God will bless you in Jesus' name. He said, impartation gives to you what works. What works in another man. Encounter gives to you access to the secrets of God. God tells you what you will be, or what will be, or what will not be, or you, what will be in an encounter. For example, change the life of Saul. See, there are some verses that it's only God that can change them. As a one-on-one visitation, that's the only thing that can change That's a lawyer that understood the law. He knows what the law is saying. But he still decided to be killing Christians. So he knows where to tell you in the law. Even when you take him to court, he will defend himself. So he can only take God to change him. Our father was using the illustration of Elijah and Elijah. He said, What took place between Elijah and Elijah was an impartation. He said, I need double portion of what he wanted. Then he asked the question How did Elijah get his own? You don't depend on people for what they already have. Why not go to the source? You know when you have a bucket of water, every day I come to fetch from it. Every day I come to fetch. One day, the bucket of water may go down or run down. You don't have the capacity to refill. Why not we go to where you are fetching? God is the source. God is the source. Let's go to where you are fetching. That is what I'm about the same thing, pray, read the word, impact. The thing is there, it is there, it's working for me, it can work for us. 
So it is a place of encounter that you get from God works to impact in another. After you have fed the cup of water from somebody's pocket and somebody's drunk, a time comes in your life when you have to develop from God your way of water. So that other persons can fetch from your own way. You impact them. What do you about them? There was a time my father was teaching and he asked me, please, he said, who are your members in this house? Who are your members? We are all coming to church, the members of this new home church called, as a matter of fact, there are some people, for example, who was using the children as illustration. How many of our children can look up to a man or a woman, a girl or a boy, and say, we want to be like this, we want to be like that? They are fetching from the one you have. And the source is God. You know, there's a point you live your life to, even your father and your mother, they will be so bothered if they see how you in the house under the earth. They feel as a point, at a point in your life, you should be able to at least get something to do it. You should be able to at least get a house. You should just get something, you know, some level of independence. Some level of independence. But in this case, with God, as a matter of fact, we depend totally on Him as our source, not man. God is the source. And I pray you help us in the name of Jesus Christ. Maturity is not a state you get to in God. Maturity is a hunger for more of God. It's the desire to know God the more. Spiritual maturity brings you to the point where you can encounter God in everyday situation. Everyday. You are in the office, you encounter Him. You are at work, you encounter Him. In the market, you encounter Him. I don't know about any other person, but anything I pass in where people are maybe you know, we have some set of persons, maybe they are looking for arms or begging. Sometimes I don't give anyhow as a person. But if they are 10, it's difficult for me to pass the 10 without dropping something, but I go according to my spirit. Encounter. Encounter. So you can encounter the, the man was just sitting in front of his house, tent. Just in front of his house, the weather was hot. Let me just sit down and see fresh As he was sitting there, God appeared to him. He was ready. His heart, he was thinking the right things. He was desiring an encounter. Then God appeared. Three men came to him. He fed them after he was not feeling. 25 years calamity ended by that encounter. I pray that as you encounter God on this mountain, Every calamity comes to an end in the name of Jesus. Amen. Seeking God and searching wholeheartedly is what separates casual believers from those with hunger for God. Some people come for coming sick. Let me come for attendance. A lot. They're everywhere. Is it true? Even in Jesus' ministry, they were there. They just come. But amongst us, among a lot of persons, there is a difference. Casual believers and those that are actually searching wholeheartedly for God. They are looking for Him. So mature Christians make every effort to build on their faith. When they say pray, they are praying. 
We don't need to cajole them. When they say give, they are giving. We don't need to cajole them. We don't need to paint issues, paint things. They fall in their agreement. No. Because within them, I was at my friend said, there's a places I go to. No matter which one you want, if I'm not led to give, I don't give. It's just it is. Because within you, you do everything possible to develop your faith. Because the Bible says it is to every man according to his faith. It's to you, it's to me, to my faith, not to, not to your neighbor's faith. That is why everybody who were stronger than Jesus for one woman came with a faith that can heal a disease that has lasted for 12 years. Faith. So every mature believer does everything possible within him to be his faith or our faith. Tell your neighbor, build your faith. Say better, say build your faith. Mature Christians are less dependent on themselves and increasingly dependent on Christ. I said that before. God is the source. God is the source. You are swarming, you are making waves, you are going everywhere. People know you everywhere. You just know that God is the source, not man. God can use a man to help your thoughts. God can raise a man and you be have sure. But the day you leave the source, the resources from the source we cease. We cease. I pray God to help us in the name of Jesus Christ. Mature Christians watch their words and know when not to speak. Even the Bible said that even the fool is counted wise when he knows how to control his mouth. Every mature believer knows how to control his mouth. If you read that scripture in James chapter 3, verse 2, we're to understand that if you can tame your tongue, you can tame the other circumstance. If you can control put your tongue, what that situation can control your Every other thing. Mature Christians stop pointing out everyone's essence and start confessing their own sin. Don't condemn people. One of the teachings we are made to understand that condemnation is not correction. Don't condemn the person. If one person has said you are the of the person, no. When you are mature, as a person, as a believer, as a child of God, what you look out for is your own. The Bible says, says, examine yourself. Examine yourself first. Mature Christians receive the truth of the gospel as it was passed down to them. We read that before. So, everything you do in life flows from everything you are in Christ. One of the teachings we have is within you, whatever you have, whatever you ever become, comes from one source, and that is Christ. Mature believers will always. Have heaven in mind and worship is a priority to them. Anytime you come to God's presence, anytime you are at home, anytime you are doing business, you are anywhere, heaven is always in your mind. Heaven is always in your mind. A mature believer knows that no human being is his enemy. Sorry, I've also used enemy there, except Satan. Our father told us extensively, no one is your enemy. When you are grown, you don't condemn people. You don't pray that God keep my people, keep my people. Behind every action, there is something responsible. And for every negative action or evil that people do, devil is responsible. 
So you're not going to honor to kill people. You you fight. The Bible says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. That's all we do. So the devil is a real enemy. The devil is a real enemy. All the rubbish that we just. A mature believer knows that he is being sustained by grace, not works. Do some people call for? We are the one. I pray God here, yeah, fire can fall. Everyone is sustained by one day, the grace of God. It will humble me. It will humble me when I know that anything I will ever be is God's grace. I sustain everyone. Everybody. Everybody. Not a box. Let's say the machines. I'll go to my last slide. <laughs> Success to me as a pastor is not buying new cars. Success to me as a pastor is not living in a big house. Definitely I will drive new cars. Whether I'm a pastor or not. My predestination, I'll live in good houses. So I'm not doing church because I'm going to be a big thing. If I was not a pastor, I will still be a big name in Nigeria. It's a predestination. So I'm not doing church so that I'll have access to a soul. Whether I do church or I don't do church, if I've been predestinated to carry with things, You dedicate it to your wife. 
and called me. Pastor we just bought a car with a few minutes ago. Glory to God. You drive to the church to show me not that we are gathering, gathering people outside the church. We don't start pouring oil. No. You had a child, and as a father of your own, because you have grown in capacity, you know who you are in God. The only essence of this maturity teaching is to bring you to the consciousness of your personality in the, in the, in the divinity. Knowing who you are and living in that consciousness. I don't pray against witches, I don't pray against wizards. Can I say something here? The devil is as insignificant as a ant in my hand. That guy you call them, devil, 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 devil. Is significant? You see, soldier ants can do more harm than the devil.
So I want you to step up to the point where you see my similarities. I want to grow a church where the pastor declares that for the next three months I'm not being in church. It will not affect anything. You see, come to church on Thursday. You come to church on Sunday. Because we don't come to the presence of God, desires of the miracle. We come to his presence for an hunger and encounter. I come to God's presence because I am hungry, not because I want a miracle. Because in this kingdom, we don't seek miracles. In this kingdom, we are miracles. We are miracles. I am a miracle. I'm not a miracle seeker. The things that are not, that are, that are not physically present in my life does not make me inefficient, does not affect me in any way. They are not there because it's not time. When time needs for cock to grow, what is it going My best, can you say it with me? When it is time for a cock to grow, what will happen? You will just be looking at the cock, it has grown crown. It has even grown this one here, and it is not grown, leave it. Because there is something inside the cock, it is called DNA. It must break out one day and it will begin to grow. Am I communicating here? Is there a car that is making you come to church, change your mind? What God wants to give to you is bigger than car. Amen? What God wants to give to you is bigger than house rents. God wants to make you a landlord. What God wants to make you is bigger than making you a landlord. God wants to empower you that you will be building houses for people to live in. That's what God is taking you to. So stop limiting God. Stop limiting yourself. Stop allowing the things that you see to determine to be cloudy. The Bible says God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all. The Bible says that God has the capacity to do more than your brain has it. But the first thing is for you to grow. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, was it 36 now? The Bible says, see that the kingdom of God is righteousness, and every other thing, every other thing shall be added unto you. Can I put this on here? Those of you that don't give in church. Let me say something. Whether you're destiny your church, whether you're a visitor here, whether you're your church, it is not your church that has problems with you. Come, let's raise it together. Do you know how much comes from Bill Gates to the African nations? To keep polio, to fight malaria, to do all of this? Those things are still, uh, that we not expressing them. Has this not begun from him? Purpose is bigger than trust. If you are still concerned on how offering is spent, you are poor. That light you are saying, that light is 40,000. One person bought it yesterday. No announcement was made, no seed was selected, no thing was done. It has come. I have told you times and again, that is how one day you just come, this hall is so chill, all the ACs are working, and you'll be looking for the generator. The generator is down there. A plant to just be powering the base. Somebody will just bring it. The earlier you grow, the better. There are still people that still struggle to pay tithes. We have not grown up. Come, can I ask you a question? You have decided. 
I don't just talk. Because the things I'm saying right now, it is happening in this world. I will not give again. You have decided, let me ask you this question. Since you stop giving, as far as stop helping the generator, have you ever come to church and was going at this service in darkness? Have you not come to church separately and ask you to go back home with your offering? Is anybody in this house this morning you have a major financial need? Don't just, don't just indicate this. I will not take you too serious. Uh, precious. What, what's your financial need? Your rent. You see, I, I've been hearing rent, rent. I think I mentioned the one I was talking right now. What is your rent? How much? 12,000. 12,000. Let's calculate what that's coming from offering. Anybody that has not given this one offering, please pass the whole, get the offering. Let's market the entire offering and title today. Let's see if it's up to that amount. We are giving that to parent. No, there's no need. We're only fulfilling scriptures. Please, if you have not given your offering, Pastor T, where are you looking at me now? Does Pastor know what he's doing now? Exactly. Please, if you have not given your offering, pass it right now. Let's calculate it quickly. Let's know what is complex. Let's know what is there. If it's up to that amount, let's make it on Let her pay our rent. Because she came to church with a desire for a miracle. She had a desire in her heart. What is it supposed to expire? This month, this month ending, so you, can, you should pay me for time. I'll have 5,000 around to the money. I don't know how much is it. If it's up to 12,000, I'll see how I can. I have a son, he says in Warren. Every time I tell him we have a project in church, he will ask him pass how much. If I say spend 100,000, he gives to our church in percentages. Oh, uh, 1 million, 1 million. Okay, pass, I'll give, I'll give 25%. That's how he gives to this church. Our generator project, I just told him the amount. It's okay, I'll give 25%. I want to raise you to the point. Where you grow out of financial insecurity. Many of us can't give because we are financially insecure. If I give this one now, how will I survive? But you don't know that the one you gave, it is not your power that lasts. Financial security is a major problem in the church. Uh, we, we have fear of our finances more than we have fear of them. You will prosper if you don't give. But you will never go far if you don't give. I'll say that again. You will prosper if you don't give. But you will not go far if you don't give. The book of Ecclesiastes, the Bible says, it says, cast your bread upon many waters. Cast your bread upon many waters. Because the person you give today may be the one to pay your social fee tomorrow. So he said, when you have opportunity, just be spreading. I was at a local yesterday with my dad, and I know I took them to a wedding. So they, they directed me to the wrong part. My friend was almost gone, so my intention was when I'm coming out of the street, I'll refill the night. 
So I drove into, I drove to a hill and my car got stuck. So the entire foil went back. So the car just went on. I just said, well, that's well. I, I did not buy fuel. My plan was not buy fuel. So me and the man came out. We were trying to move the car to push it backward to stabilize that before it can go back to normal level again. We could not push the car because the reality thing was it was really small. Two boys were looking at us. They did not make an attempt. One elderly man just came out and looked at him and said, "Ah, I told the boys one go, go. The man ran out, greeted my father, Nimbosa. He looked older than my dad, so I thought maybe he's older." They just I enter the car, they join and they push it off. While we're leaving, my dad told me. He said, This that man was one of the persons that he lived together with in that family when he was living there. He said when he was about to leave, that he gave the man, is it compressor? The, the compressor of his car, the AC compressor. They use they, they convert it to spray, those guys are spray. Those carpenters and sprayers, and they convert it to spray, spray machine. He said it was that man he gave it to. So the moment the man saw him, he ran out, compared the other guys. No, 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 go and go and join it. You will prosper if you don't give. But you cannot go far if you don't give. So purpose is bigger than trust. Do not support people because you are financially insecure. You don't give to people because you are financially insecure. I like the statement of Pastor Chus when he said he gives according to need. Well, I don't give by need. I give as I see the needs. I don't wait for God to tell me to give. He has already told me to leave. It's a principle. It could be scriptural. I heard other people say it, but I don't believe it. God has already spoken when it comes to healing. He does not need to speak. Amen? I have somebody in this time, a very big man, that will tell you that even though I see you dying, if the Holy Spirit did not tell me to give to you, I will not give. What should the Spirit want to tell you? So this is when church when nobody will come and tell you, come and I was in my spiritual father's store, they moved to a new location, they needed eight fans. I said one of the fans is eight thousand five. He said when they were relocating, his pastors came to him and said, Let's ask members that he told them that I cannot pass for you free for eleven years. And you now hear that we are moving from the location to another one. You will still wait for me to come and tell you to give before you give. He said they should keep their own. Because the church gets to the point where we no longer want people to control what happens to church, what happens in church, control pastor because of their money. I am the last pastor that anybody will determine my operations because you give them. No, no. And what's keeping by is leading of the Holy Ghost when it comes to the pastoring of this church because he's the superintendent of this church. So mature to the point whereby if you see my sick pastor, that does not exist, not in pride, not in 
because you are you are grown to know who you are. I was talking to the leaders here for the last Sunday before I left church. I told them I said, I want to see a church where people take up projects. I have a savings, I've been saving that one for a long time. So when my dad and mom came to the house, I said, that's why I'm going to save it. I wasn't having any peace of that. And by the time I was done, it was the money was sufficient, it was good amount of money. So I gave them their portion and I dropped, after leaving the room, I dropped straight to where I went to get something and the cash is gone. The moment the money entered my house, this one is more true. The first thing that came to my mind was, what was it I said I will do in church if I have money? And they thought just say, that's okay, I'll go with you. I want to see a church where people gather themselves and say, oh, let us do this, let us do that. That is when we have grown to maturity. That's when we have grown to maturity. Nobody's going to force you, nobody's going to compel you. I'm looking at a place where people are in ministries in church. They are ready to be devoted. They are ready to be sacrificial. All the places where people gather and all we are looking for is invitation. We close some service we need and say, Pastor, take 10,000 naira so that my business can work this way. It's not my prayer that will make your business work. What my prayer does for your business is to release the blessing of business into your business. But the success of your business is in your life. So even when you come to me to pray for your business and you don't give me money, if I pray, the blessing that comes out of my mouth will still rest upon your business. Because whatsoever I bless is blessed. Whatsoever I curse is cursed. The Bible did not say that whatsoever I bless when money touched my hand is blessed. Hello? So you may want to travel next week and you don't give me an offering. You don't give. Don't give to your pastor because you want him to bless you. If what I'm doing now is here, am I cursing you? Don't give to your pastor because you want to be a blessing to his ministry. Don't buy me suits because you are looking for a miracle. Because I am not a miracle worker. I can't determine your miracle. I can't determine times and seasons. The man of God told the woman, he said that by this time next year, a baby will cry in your house. Can I, can I clarify something? Can I go ahead? The official of Cousin, I was like, if I was to talk to pastors after that conference, it was pastors' meetings, some of those pastors won't be paid. Elijah, we see Elijah now, when he spoke to the woman that was barren, that was without children, because the Bible said they gave him an apartment, they put a bed, every time he passes by, they always give him food. Let me put this say something here with all sense of humility. It was not because they built a house for him. That's why the miracle they did. Are you guys me now? Elijah or Elisha, as a prophet, understood times and seasons. So he could see into the spirit that the time to favor Zion. Oh God. 
There is a time that Simon needed to be favored. So, wisdom means that if the time for favor Simon has come, it doesn't matter how sick the favor will come. So, as a prophet, he could discern because if it was once she came to the man of God that made the miracle come, then the woman with the issue of God would have given something to Jesus. I'm not financially insecure, so I'll tell you the truth. I'll tell you the truth. Sometimes my wife will tell me that these things you teach, they are dead. It's just as if you are telling these people not to give. No. When you grow to maturity, giving becomes a normality. Is it maturity that don't make people give a job? So keep teaching them the truth. When they mature, giving will just be a normality. And then it's coming that somebody will call the pastor. We are buying, two of us are buying a lot of land, a, a hundred million. Or you think it's not come? Say amen. Yeah. Yeah. No, if you can't forget all these things, you don't need to fast and pray about it. I don't, all I need to do is to keep teaching what I'm teaching. It will come. A day is coming that somebody will call and say, Pastor. I am in London. Which car do you want? Let them ship you down before I arrive. Say amen. amen. But it will happen. It will happen. Because it is happening. Is Papa Kumi teaching his members to associate? He's one of the richest pastors in Nigeria. If he's going to crusade, any state he enters on crusade, they build the, uh, a, the house in the state, not hotel. If the crusade has been planned for so and so time, they will build a house that the man of God will stay. They will get a brand new car that will be used for the two or three days he will be in that state. And as he finishes, he leaves the house, leaves, he leaves everything. He's going to another state. Is he preaching or is he preaching prosperity? Is preaching what he has been predestinated to preach. So the man of God understood that, okay, by predestination, this person's season has come. See, I can wake up from the revelation and I tell you, Mr. College, buy me chicken. I want to eat chicken. So, Pastor, I don't have no I say, you know, this is not my style. But I just feel like you eat a venison from you. Just buy me chicken. <laughs> Those will just so probably the same. I want to stop but skip elaborating it. See, why Jacob was to die? Is it Jacob now? Uh, Isaac. When Isaac was to die, Isaac knew that the time and the season for generational impartation has come. If only the people that call themselves prophets and apostles can understand that teaching. Will not be making mess of Jesus in the country. The man knew that the time and the season to go has come. So he cannot go with what he was having. So he said, My son, Esau, go and prepare the event. Can I also say something here? If Esau hadn't prepared the event, if the man had a genuine love of Esau, he would still release the person. But because of his humanity, if the boy now refused, he would not say, You are not a problem. You are disobedient. If you are disobedient to that, I get. How long will you Maybe when I come, you need to rule over the place. 
Times and seasons is what determines the miraculous. Times and seasons. But you can fast forward your time. You can shorten your time. Because the book of Romans, the Bible said, the Lord will do a walk, and a walk shall he do. You can shorten your time, you can shorten your season. By going some extra miles, by doing some extra things, by doing beyond the norm, what, beyond what God has said. Praise God forever. I said, Praise God forever. So I want you to know that you have to go to the point where you are no longer financially insecure. So what you see needs, you meet them. Are you done with your calculation? You have 7,440. 7,000 was five thousand. Praise God. So we'll be giving you 12,440. By Monday, maximum Thursday, because I venture you don't see me Monday to maximum by Thursday. I'll give you the balance. You get that one? I have a need for what is in my account. I'll afford it to you. So maximum by thousand will make up. So by a little service will give me this amount, seven thousand profits to give you the balance. And so one, somebody can decide to see be a part of this. Paul, you want to be a part of it? Is it possible much? You can choose to be a part. She's actually this 12,000. Nothing is wrong for you to have your own 1,000. Nothing is wrong for you to say, for 7,440. If we have 660 there, it will be, it will be 8,000. Okay, now we'll have the 560 there. That is how, that is how you, that's how we, that's how we respond to needs. Because when you close your ears, when you hear the need of another person, the Bible says that when your need arrives, People will lose their Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. Let me wrap up this things. When you give to people, don't feel bad when they don't tell you can give. Don't feel bad when you give to a pastor, for example. My first landlady in this town. She called me one day and she told me that when, uh, when your members they do something for you, you must tell them God bless you. God bless you. You must, you must tell them God bless you. I told you I'm Recently, this is what I tell you. Very, very recently, maybe this week I said that when somebody does a thing, when, when you do something for a person, and the person did not say thank you, or the person did not tell you God bless you, he said you already blessed. Well, as in sufficient carry into the water. Do you know that if you don't do it like this, if you leave it up there, you are carrying like that. <laughs> that this thing you are doing is just is just a lesson I can be. Whether you do it like this, or after the water has soaked the carry for a couple of minutes, it is sticking together. You can also have the water and eat. That's how it is. 
For every form of giving, there is a blessing that comes with it. So whether you tell the person God bless you, don't tell the person God bless you, whether the person tells you God bless you, or the person don't tell you God bless you or thank you, you are already blessed. Because the church is blessed, the blessing must come from it. Praise God forever. Praise God forevermore. Do I think worship with us for the first time today? Because there's a first time of worshiping with us. Before we go into that, I want to quickly do something. Every Saturday, I want us to be coming here for evangelism. But this is how we're going to do it. We'll be having two set of persons. The people that work on evangelism, 7 a.m. to 8.30. 7 a.m. to 8.30. You know that your timing can allow you. I know you go to work, but we did get our 7 30 to 8. Eh, sorry, 7 a.m. to 8 or 8 30. You can see squeeze out a little time. Just talk to one or two persons, share an interview, and talk to somebody about joy. Talk to somebody about Christ. You can, your timing can fall in within that time. The second set of persons is do the hour of 9 to 10. Between 9 a.m. to 10 a.m., you can be chance to come on an evangelism. Please. Pastor Truth be here. Pastor Truth must be here. This is 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. or 8.30. This is 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. or 10.30 a.m. Which either of these two that you your time, think it critically so that you'll be faithful to it. Your timing can allow you just as you are driving to work or you are going to work, you just stop by the church, quickly evangelize in the environment, then you proceed. Or you come around, you go back to your home. 7 a.m. to 8 or 8 30, please come this way. You can come for evangelism. 8, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. or 10 30, please come to this place. Let's quickly shuffle ourselves. If you can. Okay, let me have one person. Like Dr. Faber, come. Because somebody will say, My time can't work in the morning. Like Dr. Faber, please be there. You can go out and evangelizing between the hour of 4 or 5 p.m. in the evening, Saturday. Just join this man. So let's know the categories you can follow to. Stand up and join them. Even the people that are standing, is that time convenient for you? Okay, it's convenient anytime. Right or truth? Is that time convenient for you? It's convenient for you. Because you, you are just only standing on the seat of person, it's not like supposed Is that time convenient for you? Or is it AM that's convenient for you? Whichever. So we have one, two, three, four, five, six. So the six of us will be meeting every Saturday. You get it now? So this, this one happens at the close of service. Let six of us meet. So that you and I will be coming around within that time range without evangelism. You must not go around the entire place. Just go to the places you can go. And your strength can carry you. But just be faithful to it every Saturday. You get that now? Don't be faithful to the other side. So we'll be coming around, I'll choose that piece of peace. We'll be coming around then. Every Saturday, we'll go out and evangelize. 
Praise God forever. Please go back to your seats. Thank you. Um, is there anything I'm missing? Okay, first time I'm today's the first time we've been here. Let's receive you this morning. Let's welcome to the church. Thank you so much for coming. We sincerely appreciate you. Thank you, sir. Is this your first time of being here, sir? Okay, please be outstanding. Thank you so much. Mama, we're so grateful to God for bringing you. My friend, thank you for coming. Sincerely appreciate you. Please, everybody around them, go around them, give them a handshake, give them a hug, and tell them thank you for coming. You are lovely. We appreciate you. Thank you for choosing Destiny of Church this morning. God bless you so much. God bless you so much. God bless you. Really good for coming. God bless you. God bless you. Kindly, very, very much. Kindly, very, 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 very much. God bless you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Amen. You are please be seated. At the close of service, please, somebody will attend to you. Please don't be in a hurry to run away. Don't be in a hurry to dash out. We'll be meeting again on Thursday. We'll meet on Thursday. To be a time to share God's word. I find that on those days, I cannot talk more. Though the time is short, but I say some things that I don't say on Sundays. I don't know why. I don't know why. I cannot go into the Bible. I cannot say some things that are quite deep on Thursdays. So I bring yourself on the Thursday, 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. And God will bless you each good, richly in Jesus' name. I want to say this place, I want to meet all the workers and the workforce, the leaders and all the workforce. Let's just gather when we finish attending to the first timers. Let's be very brief and have the time to talk. Amen. Amen. Am I missing anything? Kenny's younger brother is no elder brother is enjoying us. I thank you for coming around. God bless you. Everything. Thank you for coming to church today. Yeah, yeah. On behalf of the entire church, we we'll say thank you. Thank you for deciding to remember us today. Amen. Am I missing anything? Okay, let's go standing.